Shrimp on the barbie. Shrimp, 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 shrimp on the barbie. Do you respect that? That's corruption. I could make a fake snake. Do you not pee in the pool? Do you, 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 you not pee on the barbie? All of myself is clean. <laughs> Broadcasting from Mr. Feeney's bedroom, take it away, MarkBot 5000. Thanks, Eric. You look spectacular today. MarkBot 5000 reporting for duty, and while I might smell like barbecue sauce, I can assure you that I'm not good old JR. Jim Ross, welcome to the Hard Mark Podcast, a show where cool fucking bro, Eric Donaldson, wrestling fan of over 30 years, Introduces one match per show to his sidekick, who has never watched wrestling, and is prone to injuring himself like a big party poop. They talk about the backstory, they watch the match, and then they rank that match on their ever-growing list. Stone Cold, Stone Cold, authentic, authentic, authentic. The purpose of the show is to see what happens when someone that's never watched wrestling is introduced to its most notable matches. And here comes the man that is a walking, talking slobber knocker. His heels are tougher than a $2 steak. A man who's been beat like a government mule. Good God Almighty, it's fine Ryan Murphy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mark Bot. Thank you, Mark Bot. You should, uh, you should tie that in with Mr. Feeney next time. Uh, I don't know that Mr. Feeney is in the algorithm. I'll have to talk to Crispin Hickenbottom and the team to see if that's uh, an available option. Work. Yeah, wow. I'm not. I'm not. I guess I'll I'll, I'll look into it. I'll look into it. Um, Brink, any Brink voices? Uh, any Mr. Feeney voices? Yep. Yeah, anything that Markbot can kind of sum it up from your childhood. Uh, any Wolf of Wall Street references? I'll try and get those sorted out for you as well. <laughs> you're, you're very welcome. Welcome everybody to speaking of welcoming, welcome everyone to the wrestle talk portion of our program. Every week we got a new thing. Rumpus time is not wrestling related for the most part. And then Wrestle Talk, uh the numbered episodes, well, those are about wrestling. But you know what? We make it entertaining. You know why we make it entertaining? Probably for the same reason that you just heard MarkBot five thousand talk about, but Ryan has not watched wrestling. I've watched wrestling for arguably too long. We meet in the middle, I introduce him to some fabulous wrestling matches from the past, and we get his candid, unauthorized, unregulated thoughts. <laughs> He, he's going to feel like Donald Trump after all this. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> for today's match here, Ryan, we are venturing back to ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling, the company that now proudly features the number one match of all time, in my esteemed co-host's opinion, Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn. So we're going back. Yes. We're going back yes. to that. Good. What is that? Does that fill you with the enthusiasm, Ryan? The thought of you. I'm still unenthusiastic about after, uh, and I felt like I might have gone too far off the rails last, but still unenthusiastic. I need to. Well, you're saying you're unenthusiastic after last episode. You mean like the the, yes. the hell in a cell? You're still mad about it? Yeah, like I I feel like I may have taken it too far 
you know, with my rating, but I was, yeah, like, I'm still a little upset. I feel burned, you know? <laughs> I just want to make sure that, you know, my ratings are fair. You know, I want to make sure I'm, you know, keeping within the, you know, parameters of the science that we, you know. Most people, when they want to clear their palate, they will take a little swig of water. That way they, you know, have a, have a fresh, fresh start with whatever it is that they're going to mm-hmm. eat next. I know you've got your Mountain Dew uh, drink there. I mean, feel free if at any point you need a palate cleanser. I think that Mountain Dew, I think that'll really set the stage for what we're about to watch here today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an option. But uh, that last match, which was a few episodes ago now, but that was between Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn. Again, our new number one, replacing, oh. supplanting the ladder match between Shawn Michaels and Razor Great Ramon. Match. That was a phenomenal blend of athleticism, brutality, guts, and a truly, not to steal Ryan's terminology, authentic crowd. Today's match, while also being with ECW, is going to be a little bit different of a style. It's going to feature some weaponry that we haven't seen in just a little bit. So our first competitor in our match is a gentleman that we saw all the way back in episode 30, uh, the highly anticipated deathmatch spectacular where Ryan and I both got real boozy on tequila. He is the former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. He is the man from the Double Cross Ranch in Amarillo, Texas. He is Terry Funk. Do you remember Terry Funk? He was not Cactus Jack. He's kind of the older guy, grizzled. We've seen him a couple times. The first time we saw him was actually in an empty empty arena match against Jerry Lawler. Then we saw him in the King of the Death match. Spectacular. But the last time that we saw the Funker, he came up short against Hardmark favorite Cactus Jack in the 1995 King of the Death match finals. After both men had competed in two brutal matches, previously, which involves beds of nails, broken glass, and everybody's favorite, barbed wire. Now, at this point of our match here today, Terry Funk has been a professional wrestler for just over 30 years. Now, this may go without saying, Ryan, but most wrestlers do not have 30-year careers. And of the ones that do, that'll usually be the twilight of their in-ring days. Similar to a touring band playing their greatest hits, there's not generally a lot of changes being made to their formula that they know works. That's pretty typical. You know, you can point to like Ric Flair. Ric Flair in the in the twilight of his career was very much playing the hits of what you would expect Ric Flair to be doing, which is no not me slagging Ric Flair off. It's just kind of the it's just what happens with wrestling. But the Funker, Terry Funk, was a little bit different. And while many wrestlers of his age would rarely even leave their feet during a match, Funk was adding new moves into his arsenal including the moonsault a.k.a. a backflip splash from the top rope. While Funk's moonsault was probably the ugliest in the history of wrestling, you have to give it to that crazy bastard that he was pulling that shit off at 50 with a grand total of one half of a semi-functional knee to his to his mm. credit. But alongside some of the maneuvers that he picked up from the younger generation, Funk also joined ECW, which was known for their violence, their brutality, and their unforgiving Philadelphia fans. On paper, Funk joining the promotion seemed like a bad fit, but Terry Funk was presented as a true legend of wrestling, perhaps the greatest ever due to his willingness to work his ass off in situations where he could have simply just 
phoned it in. Terry, for his part, wanted to help ECW succeed, and he knew that he could lend the company his credibility to help them get a fighting chance in the wrestling war between them, WCW, and the WWF. Any questions so far? No. Terry Funk, living legend, badass. So when ECW made the gamble of running their own pay-per-view show in April of 1997, which was titled Barely Legal. It only made sense. (laughs) I've also been described that way uh, in my younger days. (laughs) It only made sense that the living legend Terry Funk be also featured on the card. And in the main event, with only seconds before the broadcast was forced to go off the air, Funk captured the ECW World Heavyweight Championship to the elated screams of the fans that that loved the middle-aged and crazy Texas outlaw. And Funk would prove to be a worthy champion, gutting out defenses against men half his age in the coming months through his will, determination, and toughness. But eventually, a man would challenge him for the ECW championship that you could argue was just as tough. In fact, you could argue that this man was homicidal, suicidal, genocidal and a death-defying maniac and that man's name is sabu sabu is also someone that we saw a while ago specifically episode 33 featuring a match with him and his frenemy rob van dam taking on jinsei i knew this was going to be a tough one jinsei shinzeki and hayabusa from japan now to refresh your memory ryan Sabu is the nephew of another legend of wrestling's past known as The Sheik. Now, The Sheik was known for having bloody and violent matches in an era where that was not commonplace, and he passed that sensibility on to his nephew Sabu. Now, Sabu is probably most known for his lack of regard for his own body. I I think anyone who saw Sabu wrestle in the 90s assumed that he would probably be in a wheelchair within the next decade. But Sabu actually retired on November 5th, 2021. So he actually proved his doubters wrong, and he managed to have longevity far beyond what most people thought, although he never truly got the recognition and the big money that an innovator like him deserved. Now, I would say... Sabu's most striking physical feature are the scars that cover his body. And you can even, if you'd like to, you can Google this if you would want to, Ryan. It's just Sabu, S-A-B-U. Now, through Japanese barbed wire matches, incorporating tables in his matches and other injuries, Sabu was prone to having his flesh shredded more often than most. However... Where most ordinary folks would probably probably be making a hospital visit and get stitched up, Sabu took a decidedly different approach, and he would often superglue his wounds shut, resulting in very striking-looking scars across his arms and midsection. I think superglue is supposed to be like an actual like they used it in like the war, like World War Two. Like it's it's a it's a skin like adhesive. It like. works, yeah. And I mean, yeah. nowadays, I think they actually make like medical super glue. But like, he was not mm. using that. He was, he just, was using. He was using the old Home Depot special. Yes, he was using super, gorilla glue. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Are you looking at pictures of this gentleman right now? No, I'm not. I, you know, I think it'll. I, I can find something too if you're Abu wounds. <laughs> if you just uh, go to images after you put in Sabu, and you'll you'll see him. Uh, let's see where are the wounds is oh yep yep see it. there's a gigantic one ac- like going from his l- left pack down like across most yeah. of his abdomen yep. there yep 
And you can see, like, depending on the arrow Sabu, like, there's one that's an older one. It's like the third picture that I'm seeing here. If you look at his forehead, just fucking zippers of blade scars going down his forehead there. I love it. But that's Sabu. That's him. That's our that's our guy. These scarf scarves the, these scars served as a reminder of Sabu's toughness. And just for fun, let me actually, Ryan, I'm going to show you a clip of a match where Sabu broke his neck. Now, bear in mind, this was several years before the match that we're going to be watching here today, and he would actually wrestle for over 25 years in total after breaking his neck. So let's let's watch that really quick. This is only a 12 second clip, so this will be a fast one. Let me know once you're uh, got that. That's going. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know what to call that. But yep. yep, that looked uh, nasty. <laughs> there you go. If, they, if only they were all so easy. But, uh, yeah, so that was Sabu just being, you know, doing Sabu shit, getting his neck broken, etc. So, overall... Anytime you wrestle a man who cares that little for his own well-being, that makes him a dangerous adversary. And so on August 9th, 1997, Sabu challenged Terry Funk for the ECW heavyweight title in the ECW arena in Philadelphia. But this challenge was no not for any ordinary match. This would be a barbed wire match where the ropes were taken down and they were replaced with strands of barbed wire. Funk accepted, and he would need to draw on his years of experience to avoid getting shredded by the remorseless Sabu, with Ryan's favorite, Bill Alfonso, and his whistle in Sabu's corner. (laughs) And (laughs) that's our match. That's our match. Any questions, sir? Uh, No. No. I'm ready to to check it out. All right. As far as some of the the data, the analytics, this is going to be an important one. So Ryan's record as it stands right now, 35 wins, 31 losses, and one draw. Ryan, do you know why this is a, a an important match for you? I do. I think I'm about to go over my losing streak. You are. I, uh... You are right. That's it's, don't don't let anyone <laughs> accuse Ryan of not being up on the product. Ryan is on a five <laughs> match losing streak that ties his longest losing streak of all time. He could set a new losing streak record with a loss here today. I might either go early and just really root for the guy, or I might like really play it and see what I I don't know yet. My, I always like it when you pick early and then you have a, a determined favorite. I like yeah, seeing the yeah. emotions come out, but like obviously do what you, you feel like you need yeah. to do. Last couple things here. Ryan is four wins, six losses, and one draw over his last 10 matches. You know how the newspapers, they always have the last 10. That's your last 10. And uh, one last thing here. Ryan, his record, 1-0 in Philadelphia. So, you know, maybe mm-hmm. that bodes well. Oh, oh that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough crowd. That's it is a, a tough crowd. If you can make it in Philadelphia, right. you can make it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get, if right. you can make it with batteries thrown at your head, Ryan, you can you can do it do it any place. But that's it. That's our match. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with some clips of that match and Ryan and I thoughts on what happened. All right. Thanks everybody. It is now time for our main event. A barbed wire matchup. Sabu Bill Alfonso in his corner to challenge Terry Funk for the ECW World Heavyweight title. Houdin Conrana takes Funk over, two count, up! Oh my! Sabu breaks face first across the barbed wire! 
We literally, not that we ever take extended breaks, but we literally just watched Terry Funk. Oh, I'm burping. Terry Funk versus Sabu. Ryan, what, what, what did Ryan uh, didn't pick up on the fact that I told him it was a barbed wire match. Uh, so you can imagine his no. surprise. <laughs> well, well, we, we did. We did a barbed wire match, and we waited a long time to do. I guess like a death match. Yeah, yeah, those are like death, death, but it match, had barbed bar- wire in it. You're right. You're right. Yeah, and you know, I always consider that to be like the highlight of like barbed wire matches. But that was there's nothing compared to this match that I've ever seen, ever. Yeah, you know? yeah. You can get glass or whatever. Like this was something else. Uh, I, and it didn't even take them long to dive into it. Like it, it, they were, you know, within like yeah, like we talked about it a little bit. Six yeah. or seven minutes, they were they were doing barbed wire shit. But yeah. I, I mentioned when we were watching it, <laughs> whenever I had friends that were not wrestling fans, and apparently, actually, not even saying this out loud, my sister, my sister did the same thing. She's like you know seven, six or seven years younger than me. Where, hey, you're not a wrestling fan? Oh, let me show you this shit. Because I think people get this, and really this is the basis of the whole podcast, is that people have this preconceived notion of what wrestling is. And so as a wrestling fan, you're always sort of defending your love of it. And there's no way to, like, prove to people that, like, oh, no, this shit's, like, fucking cool and ridiculous and fucking wild. There's nothing that maybe illustrates that better than Born to be Wired Terry Funk versus Sabu. No, it's it's a shocking match. <laughs> you should like heed his warning at the beginning very seriously because it's <laughs> you know it's legit. It's a nasty fucking match. Like it it fucking went places. That is uh, that yeah. is for sure. But we'll we'll get into the notes. So the version that I so I did actually take from my vault. From the Eric Wrestling Vault, I, I took this DVD because I, I was not satisfied with the quality of the other copies out there that were uh, on YouTube and whatnot. So I, I ripped it from my DVD so you could get all the, the nooks and crannies of everyone's gouges from the barbed wire. So those would all be visible. But we've got an intro on this version anyway from Paul Heyman, the owner of ECW way back when, uh, talking about how this was one of the most violent matches he had ever promoted for one of his shows and uh it it delivered you were you were incredulous you didn't necessarily buy that he was on the up and up when he said that though no i didn't i thought it was like a another basic like oh like you know he hit some people with some chairs he used some flips like right you know i didn't i didn't take that this was actually gonna be fucking disgusting <laughs> <laughs> 
this is like Dennis two level shit over here. <laughs> but match starts. We've got a Terry chant from the crowd. Again, Terry Funk was a beloved figure. This was a guy who was a certifiable legend of professional wrestling who did not need to be doing this shit. I think that that's something that can be very easily glossed over. He did not, he was not hurting for money. He was not financially hurting. He was a huge star as far back as like the 1970s. He was doing all the things that he was doing to try and give ECW credibility and get more eyeballs on ECW, which is completely fucking unheard of. He's fucking nuts. I think everybody who ever would watch this match would agree on that. But like, that's the thing that I think is easy to gloss over is the fact that like people loved him because who'd have thought that anyone else from that generation, from that era would be in that situation doing the shit he was doing. Uh, yeah. Not knowing the backstory, like, you know, as much like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I just saw two guys going in there and, uh, you know, yeah, it would be I, I like a lot of, it'd be like Hulk Hogan doing that, you know, okay, maybe yeah, within yeah, the past yeah. ten or so years. Yeah. Not that like Terry Funk is necessarily on that same level, but he's a huge star, a Ric Flair type of figure. You but, got uh, you got to respect that, though. You know, some guy going in a match like that, you know, like, yeah, always oh, you know, not for the money, for the love of the game, the love of the game, yeah, you know? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got some Terry Funk chants. Sabu's chomping at the bit to get it all started, which it does start. It starts out early, and I prefaced the beginning of the match just to let you know, because I wasn't sure how you were going to feel about it, but, like, the whole premise of the barbed wire match is you're building to the barbed wire. Like, a lot of times, once the barbed wire shit starts, it's like, oh, fuck, like, this is gnarly. So you want to milk it at least a little bit so that you're not just kind of immediately... You're not immediately blowing your load, because that's what everybody's there to see, is somebody fucking hit the barbed wire. Yeah, and I don't want to get too far ahead. I, I just thought, like... They did it incredibly quickly. Like it did yeah. not take very. Like I've said this a bunch of times, but I really thought they were going to dance around in the middle of the ring for like fifteen, like maybe like twenty percent of the time. At the end, would be like yeah, you know, like them in the barbed wire. But like no, it didn't take them very long at all to like throw themselves right in there. Like got it, yeah, it was basically the whole match. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, it took. I think we even mentioned this earlier. It's about six minutes of not barbed wire stuff of them sort of teasing, like throwing each other in, they'd avoid it, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. But yeah, pretty quickly we've got Sabu and now Sabu, I would say, and in fact, before the, the barbed wire, we had a s series of neck based offensive maneuvers from Terry Funk onto Sabu. We've got a, a pile driver. Uh, <laughs> we've got a neck breaker, which that neck breaker looked pretty fucking vicious too. A DDT. Those are actually solid. Like hits. Too, those like. are pretty fucking good moves. And yeah. uh, again, on a man who two, three years prior uh, suffered a broken neck, as we saw before we went to the break. But shortly after that, uh, we've got, in fact, the, the first move of the match that where there was barbed wire involved, Sabu went for a big hurricane rana on Terry Funk, which is basically where you jump up on the guy's shoulders, you take him down with your legs and kind of do a flip, flip them over onto their back. He did that. He pinned Terry Funk. And then when Terry Funk kicked out, kicked him right into the goddamn barbed wire stomach first. I don't know that I believe this. I was, when I was doing my research for this episode, I listened to Bill Alfonso, the referee, or not the referee, the uh, manager for Sabu talk about it. He was claiming that the barbed wire that they got was like the biggest barbs possible because like the person who was buying it didn't know that there were like different levels of barbed. I don't know that I necessarily believe that. 
sometimes you have to take what people say in the wrestling business with a grain of salt. But like you could tell immediately, oh shit, okay, that's real barbed wire. Like it's getting caught on everyone's clothes. There were points where you could see people's skin tugging because oh, the yeah. barbs were getting caught in it. It was just, I mean, it was a fucking gnarly thing to watch. Yeah, I, it wasn't like a fake run into barbed wire. Like this stuff is not barbed. It, it blood pretty quickly, and then also the the like entanglement with the skin. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was pretty obvious. <laughs> if there was, so we saw, so Sabu in particular. Like I'm not saying Terry Funk didn't do barbed wire shit because he certainly did, especially at the end when he was literally just encompassed in it. But like in the early middle parts of the match, it was mainly Sabu. Uh, who was completely uncovered. He just, he was not wearing a shirt and he had his genie pants on as described by, by Ryan. There was a series of like Sabu gets thrown into, into the barbed wire stomach first. He gets thrown in back first. He gets crotched on the barbed wire. Which of those would you, would you be most willing to, to do if you had to? If someone was putting a gun at you, Ryan. I, like I would probably probably be my back, but like I, like there was so, like there were, he was hanging on there like by his stomach at one point, like his legs yes. were on one end, and and like that is just something that's dangerously close to you know your groin area, like uh, <laughs> so know, groin would be your last and, the last choice. Yeah, like I would want or the face, like that doesn't particularly like excite me either, like getting your face rubbed <laughs> in the barbed wire. Like, right. I'd probably go back. But even the back, like, that also looks incredible because your arms are, like, hanging. It just mm-hmm. all, like, all of it looked bad. Like, For nothing sure. looked fun. I mean, the, 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 and you mentioned face. There was a couple bits. I think the, I don't, it's hard to pick one element of this match that was, like, most jarring. One of the more jarring bits was where, um, Terry Funk was kind of hung up in the barbed wire a little bit. His face was kind of, he was on his knees there. And then you can see Sabu grab uh, a bit of the wire and then he takes the barb and he just rubs it across Terry Funk's forehead. I mean, like that was right there in front of the camera and was super fucking graphic. That's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) There's also, of course, the the bit, and and I couldn't let Ryan miss out on it. Uh, I had to tell him because... Sometimes it's easy to like miss things if you're not like knowing what to look for. So, you know, probably the, the most notable bit of the match as far as kind of the lore of this whole thing is Sabu is going for a move. He would basically jump off of a chair and launch his body at his opponent who would be in, in the corner of the ring. He does that. Terry Funk moves and Sabu tears his entire bicep open in the barbed wire. And you can see immediately there's concern there. I mean, Sabu, who usually takes his shit pretty seriously, is immediately like looking at his bicep and immediately starts yelling at Bill Alfonso <laughs> to come come over and help him. And there were, they got a couple of shots. I I wouldn't have minded if they would have gotten a, a little bit of a better shot of the of the bicep, but I think you get just enough where you're like, oh yeah, that's pretty fucking bad. Yeah, that whole thing was <laughs> the rapping during the red light. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's what I knew. That's what I had to call it. Like Yes. So yeah. uh, Ryan did call Sabu, which was the correct pick. He has avoided setting a new record here today for a, a lost streak. So congratulations uh, to Ryan. But to finish out the match. So, yeah, Sabu 
He asked Bill Alfonso, grab some tape. I'm sure he did not use those exact words, but Fonzie runs back. Uh, Sabu self-tapes his own bicep. He he holds it in place with his teeth, and then he wraps his entire bicep, even as he's on the receiving end of professional wrestling moves. And he does a very, very exemplary job of simultaneously selling a neck breaker while also taping his bicep at the same time. And as soon as he finishes taping it, Gets back up, goes back on offense. Uh, we've got some stuff. Uh, towards the end of the match, to kind of finish things out, again, the guys are going back and forth, uh, some brawling outside, etc. Bill Alfonso gets drug into the ring by Terry Funk. He gets his shirt ripped off, and then Terry, who has barbed wire wrapped around his fist, Terry starts rubbing the barbed wire across Bill Alfonso's back. Yeah. I mean, what do you expect at that point? <laughs> We've already <laughs> seen some disgusting ass shits, but but you were you were seemed incredulous that an innocent man would be on the recipient receiving end of all this. There, I, there's a lot that was I yeah I don't know. Like, I mean, you were incredulous about the whole thing, but yes, I, I think that only bolstered your your pick of Sabu when when an innocent Bill Alfonso he didn't hurt nobody gets drug into the ring and then gets. Oh, you talking about his manager? His manager, right? correct? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. No, that guy, <laughs> that guy got drugged through it like the whole. And then he tried to keep, I thought he was going to do it. You know, he did get him set up on the table, but I thought he was going to do a table slam himself, which I was really looking forward to, like pick oh. up the table and just like, you know, <laughs> I was looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, his, his God. yeah, he got worked. <laughs> That's what, that was another part that I knew. It was like, yeah, he's not going to take kindly. <laughs> Sabu, he's got, of course he's going to stand up for, for the little guy. That's just what yeah, Sabu's all yeah. about. But uh, a Rob Van Dam, who who is part of the number one match in the history of our podcast against Jerry Lynn. Rob Van Dam shows up. He's got his, his really cool gardening gloves on. Uh, he starts giving it to Terry Funk on behalf of his frenemy, Sabu. He, he kind of gets Terry Funk tangled up in the barbed wire. Like, it was an—I I don't know how to quantify it. There were essentially three strands of barbed wire on each side of the ring— I would say all three of those strands that were on one side were all wrapped around Terry Funk towards the end of this match. It was a lot of fucking barbed wire. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And so RVD helps Sabu get Terry Funk on top of the table. Sabu just dives, leg drop through the table onto Terry Funk. They kind of, Sabu goes for the pin. Terry Funk kicks out. Tough bastard. And then we have. This is this should go down in Hardmark lore as one of the best fucking references of all time. Tommy Dreamer shows up to assist his mentor and friend Terry Funk, and the first words out of Ryan's mouth were "Bam Margera," <laughs> which I'm not going to be able to fucking unsee that now anytime I see goddamn Tommy Dreamer. So thank you very much for that, Ryan. But uh, we both agreed that this is not an er- this is a late era Bam Margera. This is not yeah. this is not Viva La Bam. Or jackass era. This is this is rehab stint. Bam Margera yeah. here is is Tommy Dreamer. But uh, so Sabu he 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 got his pin kicked out of by Terry Funk. He's like, what do I got to do to beat this fucking guy? Well, set up another table, put Terry Funk on it, grab more barbed wire. <laughs> probably not a pleasant experience. Wrap yourself that, in barbed wire. Dive again. That and, was like. That was the most insane part. Like he he sacrificed himself to some degree at that point, and his to like pants. really make this move stick, and then like landed on his head. You know, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So Sabu, they they at this point they are a human centipede. 
There is no disconnecting <laughs> these two gentlemen. They they get into the ring with help not only from Bill Alfonso, but from some random ass referee pushing their butts to get them back into the ring. You can tell like they're trying to get dislodged from each other, but it's not fucking working. Sabu pins Terry Funk once. Per- Terry Funk kicks out. They try some more, and it's just they're not getting untangled. So Sabu goes for another pinfall, holds Funk down. There's no kicking out this time. One, two, three. Sabu is your winner. New ECW world champion, Ryan, breaks his streak. That's the that's, that's the match. That's it. No. Yeah. So I guess we got to rank it. This is going to be a tough one to rank because it was. It is going to be a tough one to rank. I. <laughs> it was a spectacle. This will be a. Yeah, I don't know. Um. It didn't have like the theatrics. Um, you you don't have to like, click as you talk. Also, like if you need to, you can. But you you don't you don't think I do, Eric? But I, I it's what I do to think. <laughs> it's kind of my thing. It's what the people come here to to this podcast to uh, listen to is me clicking. But yeah, it's 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 a tough one because it's like. <laughs> Like if I if I asked you was that a good match and then it's almost like I don't know like I I think like they fucking sacrifice their bodies a fuck a fuckload during that there's no disputing yeah. that but like did I enjoy the match was that like a no, fun fun That's... match to watch like it's hard to quantify in some ways I think I mean I think like you said like this is a match that you show people that is like you know this is. This is kind of what wrestling can yeah. get to, you know. Especially people who like scoff at it, like, "Oh, that's all bullshit." Right? Like, that, like right. you could turn that on and be like, "Oh, watch this motherfucker." So it holds like some level of importance. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, I like I, I kind of want to put it in like the top fifteen, uh, just because of of that. Um, okay. But it also, I mean, it didn't have like other aspects that make a, a wrestling match like great. Like I could, I could put this in good. I just don't know if that's fair, you know, after what they went through. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, they did. They, um, they gave themselves to you, Ryan. They, uh, they, they did. They, they sacrificed you know, their they, bodies. They basically died on the cross for our sins. <laughs> you know, our wrestling, <laughs> the passion of the Sabu. Sins. Yeah, passion yeah. of the Sabu. Um, I like. I kind of want to put this as like the, the next like. The next great, like the next, like the end of great. Okay. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know. Does it get a sixteen? Okay. So okay. So, so yeah. So pushing great out from fifteen to sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of right. But what would want to put it? So okay. I will just make a note to myself, and then I'll take that sheet when we're done. I'm actually a little surprised it wasn't higher. Did, were you like? Did, so it's just wait, it, yeah. Go ahead. What well, I guess what was the rationale behind your choice? Like you, you were disgusted by the match more than you enjoyed it. Is that the like the no? Fact it's to just went, it? it just went. It's so like it's so actual like wrestling and just like kind of like beating the shit out of each other like with real like <laughs> you know I guess utensils for hurting <laughs> each other like I you utensils, know like yes. but it had it that match I at least I didn't you know know like it didn't have a lot behind it. There was no like animosity between like. <laughs> Them that I, you know, came in came in knowing, mm-hmm. um, or that they like really displayed during the match, or that the the commentators were addressing, like sure. like that kind of like part of re- that that kind of part of the wrestling match was missing. Yeah. It's okay, mm-hmm. you know, it had its own thing. But if they're going to be in a top spot, then you need to be wined and dined, is what you're saying, I, right? Like exactly, like it has to be like there's that part of wrestling too that if it's going to get like any higher, it has to include 
Okay. You know, but but for what it was, you know, it was like that's a crazy fucking wrestling match to watch, you know. So I think it needs to be put in the in the right right spot. So okay. All right. Yeah. That's fair. That's I don't and I don't think that that's even a a bad spot for it. I, originally I was thinking maybe that's a little low, but as I'm looking at it, that's probably about right. That's probably give or take where uh-huh. I would probably put it somewhere in that general area too. All right. We've made it. We've made it to the end. We did the science. We did the ranking. We've got all of our uh, beakers filled. We've put all of our electrodes together. We're, we're scissoring the fuck out of our electrodes. So we got to finish this episode out with some thing that we call Eric's Wisdom Tree. That was a good one. You got to you got to give me that, Ryan. You got to you got to uh, give it up so, a little bit. That was a good one. <laughs> All right, yeah. That was solid. That was a fucking solid that was, one. That was great. Like, Let me bask in my crapulence <laughs> for once in my life. Fucking get the energy level up, dog. Uh, okay, so what's what? What is what is the thing gonna be here? What is uh, what am I gonna tell people? Okay. <laughs> no, there's not one that's jumping out to me, so I'm just gonna pick. Everybody, we like food. Ryan, uh, you know, has been talking about eating the land air and sea burger and has not as of yet done it. He's also not eating a muffaletta. Not that we're counting. Oh, okay. Working on it. You know, maybe sometime in the future, maybe you and your roommate can go grab a, a, a little muffaletta together sometime soon. You, you know, you, I don't want to put pressure on you, but these are things, but here's one thing that Ryan, you should not go out to eat. You ready to hear this? I am. Slugs. Okay. Um, have you had a slug? I've never eaten a slug before. Well, I don't know why you can make this claim then. Well, uh, let so me so t- boldly as a as an Aries wisdom tree. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. So here's the reason you shouldn't eat slugs, everybody. There's a guy who ate a, a ate a slug recently within the past. Uh, I don't know, did, couple couple of years. Did he seize up? Die? He got a what's called a brain mite. Yeah. Yep. He got a brain mite. And he was in a coma for 500 days, and then he died. Yep. I don't know if this is advice. I would never eat a slug. Um, I've seen you eat worse. Oh, have you? When? I'm just, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Some of those wings looked a little sketchy in Las Vegas that we had together, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. The wings we had at, like, the... (laughs) The bar, yeah, the bar, the wings. bar yeah, wings, exactly, yeah. And then you're like extra slug on mine, and I was like, Ryan, I don't know if that's a good idea, Ryan. You know, there's a guy who got a brain mite. It could be like maybe you don't want to like pick up a slug and hold it in your hands, but like you went straight to eating it, which I don't think anyone does. This guy ate it, and he got a brain mite from doing that. He was in a coma for well, 500 days, what, Ryan. He was probably dared by someone. Like he got on a podcast, he's like, <laughs> hey, like you know, like. You should eat this slug, and, and that is probably what happened. Like, no one's willingly going to eat a slug. If I put a slug in the thick water that we drink from Robert and Donnell, will you? Will you just think of it like a worm in the tequila bottle? If I if I no. make sure that the slug is mite free, if I demite the slug and then put it in the thick water, I don't even know that you'd tell the difference. I think a slug texturally would be very nectarish. Yeah, that's why I wouldn't do it. Like, if you slid it in there without me knowing, then I would still probably do the contest. But, like, <laughs> you know, if you told me there's a slug in there, I, I'm aware of these, like, nasty slug, you know, like, worm stories. Like, I'm aware. Like, I know. Like, I don't want to fuck with slugs. <laughs> 
you knew are you saying that you knew about this story specifically yes i yes what? I, I, yes yes no you didn't yes, yes i did a hundred percent i call bullshit you're a liar no i'm not lying that is a thing that is a that is a story that is a that's a that's a classic reddit story right there is the slug guy who ate a slug and then fucking died it's a sad story but like so you know you did fucking knew about this it was on a dare. Yeah. You piece of shit. Why'd you even ask me about it when I said it originally? What? what did I you were feigning ignorance, like, oh, well, duh, 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 Eric, and then... <laughs> That's not an argument, Eric. <laughs> you fucking, like, called me out on it, and then you knew the whole time that it was, like, some fucking dumbass Australian guy that got dared to do yes. it. Yes. Yes. Oh, you fucking suck, dog. Why couldn't you just say, I already know this? <laughs> Here's the real wisdom. Don't fucking tell Ryan anything because he'll hold out on you and then lord that information over you for the rest of your fucking life. You're just like Jonathan, the goddamn male hygienist. That's what your problem is. You're fucking just trolloping around with all this useful information that you want to like lord people over. You're fucking mansplaining to me about fucking slugs this whole fucking time. It's like I'm holding a mirror up to my head. It's like, you don't know about this, but I can teach you about fucking slugs and dares, you piece of shit. Congratulations on breaking your streak, you asshole. I feel like you've just, just gotten over, Jonathan, and now you've been pulled back into your <laughs> for the rest of the night. <laughs> when I see you, all I can see is that little 24-year-old smug piece of shit tearing yeah, my gums yeah. apart. Uh, I'm going to be lucky yeah. to wake up with teeth tomorrow, Ryan. <laughs> In face. They might all fall out. This is uh, bullshit. Now yeah. I'm getting a fucking... What, what is this? Why am I getting a infant food? Uh, what is this? A, yeah, it's an infant formula thing. On CNN.com? All right, that's cool. Oh. But anyway, yeah, so I, for anyone who doesn't know this story, because apparently Ryan's, you know, the he, he's got his MSNBC <laughs> fucking app on his phone that he checks on a daily basis. So here we go. So Australian teenager Sam Ballard grabbed the slimy creature and he gulped it down. He had no idea that the slug carried a potentially deadly worm, or a mite, that would put him into a coma that lasted more than a year, paralyzed his body, and ultimately take his life so that uh that's how it happened uh developed a rat lungworm disease from the infected slug god what a sad way to go to like you know that's a bad way to go that's uh like your family's gonna have to know that this is the way you you went out you know for sure i mean it's better than like a five foot drop and dying from that but it's you know they're similar there's similar sorts <laughs> oh, of i ways. lived eric i lived <laughs> To the chagrin of many of us, you did you did survive <laughs> through, through that whole thing. I don't know if the Darwin Awards are still a thing. That seems like something that would have probably not carried over into today's current climate to, like, relentlessly rip on someone for, like, dying no matter how stupid it was. But, like, this seems like a Darwin Awards type of thing. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Like, Is the Darwin Awards a thing? It is. 2022. What the fuck? I mean, this is... This fucking Darwin Awards website looks like it was from 1997. It looks like pre our barbed wire match that we watched here today. This is <laughs> fucking s- shitty looking. This is like an angel fire fucking website, but it still exists. So you can here. Here's an example of one. A man sneaked, snuck. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be snuck. A man sneaked into the back of a closed supermarket on Easter Monday. That was the last break in of his life. He paused to enjoy a drink of water. Oh, okay. He pulled the bottle from a from a tower of water, and then the whole thing, the whole stack collapsed on him, and he died. So that's a Darwin Award. It's not the, but it's a Darwin Award. Yeah. 
you're done. Okay, fine. That's not the res- that was not worth the amount of time I took to fucking look that shit up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I accept your apologies. Well, that's uh, that's it. That's the end of this episode. Uh, Ryan, have you already eaten your salad? No. See, that's that's the problem. He's he's fucking uh, his blood blood sugar's low. But uh, we'll be back next next rumpus time, October sixth. Be on the lookout for that. We'll talk about I don't know some more bullshit. Be on the lookout for it. It'll be cool. But if you're not hard, get hard. Once you get hard, stay hard. That is all, folks. Barely legal. 